Good morning. Good morning. So good to see you. Good to see you. Good to be with our church family. Hey. See, you miss us when you roam. You're right. <laughs> you Monday through Saturday, too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad. Now, I have to do something, because I'm proud of this church, okay? Okay. Yesterday, Clinton Church hosted lay servant training for the Heritage District, two classes, how to lead a Bible study and worship, okay? And I can't tell you how good that made me feel. It's been a long time since they've been here, the old yeah. church. Mm-hmm. And it's... We looked good. We, we, looked, we looked good, and we learned something. <laughs> <laughs> I, Todd and I did, did the... the Bible study class, okay, and Sheila was the sponge in the worship class. We had, we had the occasion to talk very briefly afterwards, and actually we had a consultation just a minute ago about, okay, how are we going to do this this morning? <laughs> but, uh, it's so good to see you. Those that haven't been with us for a while, it's good that you're here. Amen. Okay. Especially my choir. Hey. <laughs> There's a certain person sitting near your choir, okay, that may have trouble forgiving you for not being here last Sunday. I heard. Okay. <laughs> good. <We dare. laughs> You're, we're ever so glad you're here, okay, and I can say with certainty, Jesus is here. Amen. Amen. Okay, Jesus is here. Let's use the opportunity to get to know him better. Good morning. Good morning. Please uh, stand if you are able to join me in the call to worship. Oh God, God here, here we, we are. are. You, you have, have called us and we have come. come. You, you want, want us to live in your love, so we have come to worship, to listen to what you have to say to us, to give thanks for what you have done for us and to share with you the joy that you've given us. Help us to make good use of these moments together. And if you would, please join me for our first hymn, number 77, How Great Thou Art.
Now, if you would, while you're standing, greet each other with a smile, a handshake, a knuckle bump, whatever suits your pleasure. Greet Jesus with a smile and a handshake. <laughs> Peace, y'all. <laughs> Thank you. Good to see you. Thank you for the prayers. Whoa. Wow, baby girl. <laughs> so glad you're here. So glad you're here. I don't trust that. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, boss man. We both have the same boss man. She didn't say anything. I, I spoke with her, but she didn't say anything. It's a bass singer that does acapella. I think you'll enjoy it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think we're pretty much going to be rehearsing like after church. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because no one must drive after dark. and I don't have a problem driving after dark. I just have a problem. It's nice to see in a rowdy class. Should I be like the teacher? All right, settle down. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Chris, I'm going to... I thought about doing an interview with you, but decided that I wouldn't. <laughs> okay. One of the things that, that Chris mentioned, Chris is going to be joining us as the body of Christ this morning. Okay, That's what church membership means. Yeah. It ain't just a name on a card. Okay, And um, she and I had talked because I, I was, I'm slow, okay, to accept people in membership in the church because I'm not about numbers on a page. All right? And I had concern about you. 
Because altogether, church membership means all. We have another number. Chris and I were talking this morning, and she said, one of the reasons that I'm doing this is because I felt welcome and I have a place here. Amen. Is that, is, that close, is that close enough, Robin? Is that close enough? Okay. That's what we're to be about is the body of Christ. Okay. I'm going to lay a heavy one on you. To be a member of the body of Christ means that we commit ourselves to becoming a door not only into the church, but into the kingdom of God. And the question is, will we be an open door or a closed one? No locks on this door. No, no locks on that. Hey, Kim. (laughs) Jesus gave us the keys. Remember when you got your first set of keys? Okay, Jesus has given us the keys. To the kingdom. To the kingdom. I have a sermon or two about that. You want to hear them now? <laughs> no. <laughs> Thank you for your honesty. As we go to prayer this morning... Let's keep each other in our prayers. Okay. Some of us have a lot going on. It's not just physical stuff. Okay. It's stuff in the head, stuff in the heart. It's personal stuff, it's family stuff. Sometimes what we need most is a reminder we're not alone. Sometimes what we need most is somebody to, if you will, I met a person who could not talk to his adult daughter. Okay? He could not talk to his adult daughter. It got to the place where he could not even pray for her. After a big space of alienation. They happened to be at a family event, and I can't remember whether it was a wedding or a baptism, and it worked out that he stood behind her and his grandchild in the receiving line. And he decided he was going to say something. And he says, Barb, you know, I quit praying for you. And Barb's answer was, I know, Dad, and it's working. Because what he had started to do was in his prayer time, instead of telling God what to do, in his heart, he took Barb by the hand, stood in front of Jesus, and just cried. 
Sometimes words are not enough. Sometimes we need to do that for each other. Let's pray. Our blessed Jesus, you know what's on our minds and in our hearts. You know what we're struggling with. You know what people we know and love are struggling with. This is not the easiest place to be these days and times. We have lots of stuff, but we don't have much in the way of peace. Either peace inside or peace outside. Lord Jesus, in a boat so long ago, those closest to you wouldn't let you sleep because they were afraid the boat was going to sink. So they woke you up and you calmed the storm. The wind quit, the waves went flat. The ordeal was over. You asked them a question that we still need to answer. Where is your faith? Lord Jesus, we put our faith in you. Calm the storm. Whatever that storm may be, speak peace to us and to this world we live in. And, O oh Lord, we join our voices together asking you to make your kingdom come. That's what we do when we join our voices together in the words you taught us to say. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Could we take a moment and listen to God in silence? For God speaks in turn during prayer. Amen. Please join me for our affirmation. 
Let us rejoice. Why should we rejoice? Jesus is living and is present with us now. What difference does that make? The difference between life and death for each of us. When we turn to the risen one in faith, when we admit our humanness, failure, and sin, then we are forgiven and embraced in Jesus' unrelenting love for us. We can say in confidence, We, we believe, believe in the living God who creates and sustains the universe with astounding power and amazing love. We believe in Jesus who is Christ, the man of Nazareth, through whom, because of his words and work, his way with others, his agony and suffering, his conquest of death, we see the very nature of God and the way our lives should be. We believe in the Holy Spirit who is present with us now and always and who shows us through our prayers, the words, the sacraments, and the fellowship of the church that Jesus is alive and with us in all we do, if we allow him to be. Amen. And stand if you're able for the Gloria. you're in the choir.
announcement. We are going to be doing a couple special anthems around Thanksgiving and a couple for around Christmas. So if you'd like to join the choir for those two anthems, the first two Sundays in November, we'll be working on the Thanksgiving ones after church. And for Christmas, the first two Sundays in December, right after church. So if you get the urge to come join the choir, you, and you just, even if it's just for those two times, yes. Listen to God. If Jesus says, come here, do it. <laughs> that's, that's, been, that's been a theme already this morning. Would the children come, please? For the Bible tells me so, little ones to him be Please help me remember we have to do noisy offerings, okay? We'll ask for volunteers in a little minute, all right? They're already volunteers. Okay, I brought something to show you. Okay. I brought FLARP. You have pink flarp? Okay. Oh. <laughs> Is it contagious? Is it contagious? No, it's not contagious. It's squishy. And not yet. <laughs> I'm not, I'm, not sure, I'm not sure how wise it, it is to give you a piece. <laughs> you won't? Okay. Pardon now? I heard a commentary from... Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. The big people didn't hear that, otherwise they'd be cracking up. <laughs> Did you hear the noise? That's the flirp. <laughs> okay. That's not the reason I brought it, though. <laughs> the reason I brought it is because we talk a lot about how God wants to do something with our lives, with us, you and me. And it's awfully hard to describe how that works. Okay? And it's hard to describe because we don't have many pictures anymore. It used to be 
that in almost every house, there was someone who would work clay. Well, you're rare. But back then, people used the clay to make pots and cups. Yes. Pardon? Yeah. 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 Okay. That's the first ever gum. Did you all catch that? First ever gum was sap from trees and plants. Okay. Clay. Clay was dirt. This isn't dirt, though. This is a fancy stuff called a polymer. Okay? And um, polymers are going to be part of your life whether you want them to be or not. Um, anyway, uh, people would add water to the dirt. Okay? And then they would knead it until it was pliable like this. Now, sadly, I don't have a wheel to spin it on. So I, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. And hard. Okay. You were, you were creative and that You can't stand it, can you? <laughs> and that's okay. But what they would do is they would work the clay until they made a cup or a pot. Okay? Then they, pottery. Then they would cook it in a hot oven. Okay? And the pot or the cup became a piece of everyday life that they used to make their lives better. Okay? What I'm going to be talking about today when I talk to the big people is about how a prophet named Jeremiah went to a potter's house. And what God said to, the pot, to Jeremiah was, I want you to watch this potter. Because this is the way I work with human beings. I start with what I have. And I shape it. And I'm careful with it. Until... It does what I want it to till it looks the way I want it to look. And if the clay doesn't cooperate 
you think God throws the clay away? No. No. He starts over. Okay. When things don't go right in our lives, that doesn't mean that God doesn't want us or won't care for us. It may mean God is asking us, would you start over with me? God still loves us. God still loves you. Can you imagine what it's like to be a piece of clay and get squished? Yeah. <laughs> I always do. I will feel like Yes. <laughs> no? Okay. But think about it. Think about what it would be like for God to work in your life if you were a piece of clay. Okay? Let's pray. Blessed Jesus, just thank you. Thank you that you never, ever throw us away. Yes, there are times when you start over and start over and start over. But you never throw us away. And what you make of us will be good and beautiful and have a wonderful place in the kingdom of God. Hear our prayer. Amen. Two things I need. Four volunteers. One, two. Did you? One, two, three, four. Okay. Buckets. Go make noise. Yeah. There's enough for work for others to do if you care to help. And Miss Sheila has goodies. Huh? There's the buckets have to go the length of the aisles. So if one of you on each end of the aisle, that works. And if you don't want to do that, Miss Linda's back there waiting. <laughs> oh. to play with. <laughs> I'm going to be very selfish. Sorry. It's not that I think you're a bad person. It's just that I'm going to play. I've got to use it with the big people. Okay? Oops. <laughs> Go. Oh. <laughs> Sorry.
see Mr. What well, we ought to get the really important stuff. Thank you so much. <laughs> Folk, I got news for you. church is the last of what's known as the community of generations in our society. It's the only place where babes in arms and gray hairs and no hairs get together in the same space. We're going to do something that's important. In your bulletin, you'll find an insert on the front of the insert, okay? It says church membership covenant. And simply because I'm the weird preacher that I am, the general rules of the United Methodist Church are on the cover here. Do no harm, do good, pay attention to God. What we do as the church is we help each other in our relationship with God by living the rules as best we can. Brothers and sisters in Christ, church membership is putting into action the sacrament of baptism by which we are initiated into Christ's holy church. We are incorporated into God's mighty acts of salvation and given new birth through water and spirit. All this is God's gift offered to us without price. In accepting church membership and through reaffirmation of our faith, we renew the covenant declared at our baptism, acknowledge what God is doing for us, and I'll add in and through us, and affirm our commitment to Christ's holy church. Now, I'm going to be asking questions of Chris. Chris, would you come? No rush. <laughs> no rush. You all right? I'm good. Okay. I present Christine. Nope. <laughs> Chris. Chris DeGood, who comes to unite with the Clinton United Methodist Church. Now, the responses to this are not simply Chris's. I expect you to drown her out. I'm going to stand close so I can hear. On behalf of the whole church, 
I ask you to you renounce the spiritual forces of wickedness, reject the evil powers of this world, and repent of your sin. I do. I do. Almost good enough. You did fine. <laughs> do you accept the freedom and power God gives you to resist evil, injustice, and oppression in whatever forms they present themselves? I do. I do. Better. Do you confess Jesus Christ as your Savior, put your whole trust in his grace, and promise to serve him as your Lord in union with the church which Christ has opened to people of all ages, nations, and races? I do. I do. According to the grace given to you, will you remain faithful as a member, as members? Okay of Christ's holy church and serve as Christ's representative, representatives in the world. I will. I will. As members of Christ's universal church, will you be loyal to the United Methodist Church and do all in your power to strengthen its ministries? I will. As members of this congregation, will you faithfully participate in its ministries by your prayers, your presence, your gifts, and your service? Remember your baptism and be thankful. Amen. If I was being naughty, I would have water in my hand. Remember your baptism. Remember your baptism. Amen. Amen. The Holy Spirit work within you that having been born through water and spirit, you may live as a faithful disciple, as faithful disciples of Jesus Christ. Please join me in the responsive reading on the back. Members of the household of God, I commend Chris to your love and care. Do all in your power to increase her faith, confirm her hope, and perfect her in love. We, we give, give thanks, thanks for all that God has already given you, and we welcome you in Christian love. As members together with you in the body of Christ and in this congregation, Clinton United Methodist Church, we renew our covenant faithfully to participate in the ministries of the church by our prayers, our presence, our gifts, and our service, that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. The God of all grace who's called you, called us to eternal glory in Christ, establish you and strengthen you by the power of the Holy Spirit that you may live in grace and peace. Amen. Welcome, Chris. Thank you. Thank you. We're Chris, this is to welcome you. Thank you. Very much. And I, I give you a hug. Thank you. Thank you, Phyllis. You're all right. Now, some background. 
The reason for doing this at offering time, when do we bring our gifts to God? Offering time. Okay. When do we bring ourselves to God? Off all the time, but especially offering time. Especially offering time. It ain't just about money. Thank you. Amen. If you are able. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him all creatures here below. Praise Him all of ye heavenly This morning on the way here, we saw a combine in an empty field. It was a good sight to see. It means the crop is in. It means that the person that planted it is safe. It means most of the hard work's been done. It means that you've blessed. We are blessed. Some of us are in the middle of hard work and struggles. But we're blessed. And from those blessings, we bring ourselves and our gifts. And we give all to you for the glory of God. Hear our prayer. Amen. Amen. Would you turn to 369 in the hymnal?
blessed assurance, Jesus is Song, you may be seated. The scripture for this morning is taken from Jeremiah, the prophet, chapter eighteen, verses one through twelve. The word came to Jeremiah from the Lord. Come, go down to the potter's house, and there I will let you hear my words. So I went down to the potter's house, and there he was working at his wheel. The vessel he was making of clay was spoiled in the potter's hand, and he reworked it into another vessel as seemed good to him. Then the word of the Lord came to me, can I not do with you, O house of Israel, just as this potter has done, says the Lord? Just like the clay in the potter's hand, so you are in my hand, O house of Israel. 
At one moment I may declare concerning a nation or a kingdom that I will pluck it up and break it down and destroy it. But if that nation concerning which I have spoken turns from its evil, I will change my mind about the disaster I intended to bring on it. And at another moment, I may declare concerning a nation or a kingdom that I will build and plant it. But if it does evil in my sight, not listening to my voice, then I will change my mind about the good that I had intended to do to it. Now, therefore, say to Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, thus says the Lord, look, I am a potter shaping evil against you and devising a plan against you. Turn now all of you from your evil way and amend your ways and your doings. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Most often, when I've heard preachers deal with this text, the focus is on, you better change or God's going to get you. That's not the main lesson here. The main lesson's the potter's house. Among the things that I've learned is that mostly we moderns tend to spend too much time on trying to find answers to the wrong questions. Our tendency is to waste our time, energy, and resources in a struggle for discoveries that won't help us or anyone else. We mainly succeed in getting ourselves lost, confused, and frustrated. We often hurt ourselves as well as others in the process. We spend a whole lot of time, energy, and money needlessly. We forget two fundamental things. First, we forget that if we don't have a good pertinent question, the answer doesn't matter. Okay? Albert Einstein had one question. Lasted him a lifetime. You know what the question was? How does the light work? Hmm. He spent his life trying to find the answers. Most of us in our trials and tribulations would be best served if we simply stopped and asked ourselves, am I addressing the right question here? Second, we forget that our question is built upon assumptions and notions that will greatly determine what kind of answer we will allow ourselves to see. Okay, I'm going to tell you a long story. Back in World War I, no, I wasn't there. <laughs> but back in World War I, okay, Germany became wonderful 
at making gunpowder and explosives. Then the war ended. So what do you do? Well, you try to, you try to make something that people will buy. All right? Have, have, how many of you wear real silk? No. And why not? Too expensive. Too expensive. Okay. Too hard to take care of. <laughs> yeah, too hard to take care of. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> too easy to ruin it. Okay. Well, after World War I, okay, the chemical companies in Germany said, what we need is we need to come up with a synthetic fabric. that looks like and feels like silk. Silk is durable, okay? You can work with it and you can sure make it look fine. <laughs> okay? So they started mixing chemicals. And what frequently would happen is they would mix this particular batch of chemicals, okay, in a beaker, put it on the Bunsen burner, and Friday night, because nobody wants to get out of work on Friday night, <laughs> they would forget the beaker on the Bunsen burner. And they would come in on Monday morning Pick up the beak, turn off the, the burner, pick up the beaker. Well, we wrap that, throw it in trash. Okay. Ten years later, DuPont in the U.S. started looking to make an artificial fabric. They put the same chemicals that the German chemists had used into a beaker. Put it on the Bunsen burner on a Friday night and left it. Okay, I have to clean this part up. Okay, came in on Monday morning and did something that the German scientists didn't do. They didn't throw it away. They asked the question, what is this crap? <laughs> okay? The answer was nylon. <laughs> you recognize the story, don't you? <laughs> okay? Nylon. Sometimes... It, it, the question isn't, okay, was I successful? Sometimes the most helpful question is, what is this crap? So, Jeremiah, if you take the time 
to read him had a very mixed life. Bless you. And we come up with answers that don't help us because of the kinds of questions that we ask. In our Western culture, we spent the last 130 years trying to use the scientific method in order to find answers to the question, what does it mean to be human? There's still articles published monthly trying to plumb the depths of what does it mean to be conscious? What does it mean to be aware? And how come human beings are able to do that and no other living creatures seem to be able to do it in a similar fashion? I picked my words carefully. <laughs> okay? Most of the answers that come out of these efforts are almost as complicated as the human condition they're trying to address. The scientific answers have a common weakness. They do not explain the source of evil in the world and in humanity. They do not explain the hurts, the pains, the wounds in a human life caused by evil and how those can be healed. All science can prove definitely is that we human beings are a semi-rigid bag of dirty water that is has unique behaviors and unexplainable complexities. That's the most precise that you can get as a general statement about who we are as human beings. Today as a world, as a nation, as a community, as a church, as families, and as individuals, we often sense that something is terribly and fundamentally wrong. We may not be able to put our finger on it, but we have this deep feeling that there is something just not right with us, both collectively and individually. The word evil seems more and more difficult to avoid. In the face of our renewed and growing consciousness of evil, we're looking with increasing desperation for healing of what is wrong with us. It may be that we need to go up with the prophet to the potter's house to learn about how what is wrong is made right. When was the last time you had goop in your hand? <laughs> okay. You ever watch a you ever watch a potter? I was I I I I was I was sad because because I've lost so many connections and I don't have a connection with an active potter right now. But I would have huh? Okay. 
going to take you up on that. Okay? But you watch them. All right? The first step is mixing the clay right. You got to make sure you got the right stuff in your clay. It ain't just happenstance there. You got to get the clay right. And then you add water. And then you start working it. Uh huh. Now imagine you're the clay. <laughs> what, what did Jeremiah learn when he went to the potter's house? He learned who the potter is. He learned who the clay is. I wonder if the clay, the, this stuff in my hand is thinking, okay, enough already, Clemmer. <laughs> About a century before Jeremiah's call to the prophet's role, the north of what had been David's great empire fell to invasion by the Assyrians. The once great city of Samaria ceased to exist. Northern Jews were exiled all over Mesopotamia, and foreigners colonized the area in their stead. The southern kingdom remained and would continue on through numerous wars for some 150 more years. And during those years, the worship of God was generally neglected in favor of several fertility gods. King Josiah came to the throne and revived the worship of God. He had the temple cleaned, renovated after years of neglect. And one of the things I was saying to the, the Bible study class yesterday, amongst the things that we forget is there were several extended periods. We're not talking days, weeks, years. We're talking more than decades. We're talking centuries when what we call the word of God disappeared. Josiah said to the religious people of his day, I want the Lord's house cleaned up. In the process, a copy of the law of Moses, perhaps what we call the first five books of the Bible now, was discovered. Its public reading led to a religious revival in the land, and during the, this revival, Jeremiah began to prophesy. Jeremiah's people had been oppressed and wounded by evil. They were seeking healing. They sought the healing they so desperately wanted in being religious. First, they worshiped the fertility gods, and then, well, that's not working so hot. We'll worship the God of Israel. First, Jeremiah was excited about the revival and the worship of God, However, then he soon realized that it was a dead and empty worship. 
It was a form that neglected the spirit and the life of God. It asked the wrong question. It asked, how can I be religious? How can I be religious? A better question was, how can I let God remake me? Even Jeremiah was asking the wrong question until he went up to the potter's house for a profound lesson in reality, spiritual reality. When Jeremiah arrived, the potter was working the wheel. And see, there are things that are part of this process that I wish I could share with you, but I can't, okay? A potter has rhythm. You keep that wheel going, okay? The clay goes on a wheel. And a lot of times the potter starts with the clay like it's a loaf of, br- a, a loaf of bread, needs it. And then it starts to take on shape. Like I said to the children, this is not the kind of clay that I can use, but I mean, I can make a good pair of lips. Um, But you make something. Okay. I've, I've watched potters and I've watched how they work, and they can be so meticulous, but if they don't like what the clay is doing, how things are turning out, starting over. Pottery isn't simply the matter of the right shape, but it's a challenge of keeping the walls thick and strong so they won't break either in the curing oven or while in use. If the clay doesn't work up the way the potter wants it, okay, the pot is spoiled, the shape fundamentally marred, something went basically wrong. So Jeremiah watched while the potter went, Notice some things. Potter collapsed the clay and started over. There was no effort to repair the piece. That would have simply weakened and ultimately destroyed the pot which would have been made as useless. 
The clay made into a lump again became an entirely new and different work. Then the totally remade pot was ready to be cured in the oven. The lesson at the potter's house is at least twofold. First, things happen as we develop on God's potter's will, this spinning planet. Although made up of good things with which God can work, the image of God placed on us at creation, in our formation as children of God, sometimes the shape goes wrong or the strength isn't right. We are not what God, our potter, wants us to be as God spins the potter's wheel. It's our not being what God wants us to be that is the source of our hurt and our sense that something is wrong. It ain't God's fault. The lesson at the potter's house doesn't stop with the spoiled pot. The question of the pot being marred is not most important. What is important is the question of whether the clay will remain pliable enough to collapse so that the potter can start over again. I've seen potters collapse clay some, more than once, more than two or three times. They rarely, rarely dump the clay. They give the clay every chance they can. But if the clay won't cooperate for whatever reason, okay. Notice the potter here didn't do this with the clay he was working. He didn't just trash the clay. Notice that. The important question is whether the clay will remain pliable enough to collapse so that the potter can start over again with the same lump. Had the clay not been flexible, the potter would have had to start all over again with new clay, getting rid of the old stuff. The Apostle Paul notes dramatically that we have all sinned. We all fall short of hitting God's target. We have all somehow been spoiled, marred, as we spin on this potter's wheel called earth. However, we are not doomed to be forever marred, spoiled beyond reclamation. We are not doomed to being patched and repatched. There are times when I say, okay, God, I know I'm clay. Quit working me. <laughs> I know I'm clay. Quit working me. The question for us is, how can I let God remake me? Will we become pliable as clay in God's hands? Will we let the potter do with us as the potter will, 
would have us do? Will we allow the potter to make us again so that we can be used for the kingdom of God? God is willing. That's never the question. Is God willing? God is willing. The pertinent question is, are we? I'm doing it to you again. No easy answers, folks. No easy answers. Are we willing? I am not your answer. You are not mine. Are you willing? Amen? Amen. Thank you. The closing hymn for this morning is 172. If you are able, would you stand? Please join me in our benediction. Our Father, grant, grant us, us peace, goodness, goodness and, and blessing. Give us life, grace, and kindness. Show us justice and mercy. Bless us all together with the light of your presence. 
In the light of your presence you give us, Lord our God, law and life, love and kindness, justice and mercy, blessing and peace. It is good for you to bless us, your children, and it is good for us to be blessed. Amen. Just a couple announcements to go over. Um, we do have harvest dinner signs out in the narthex. If you normally take a sign, please take one. Our Emmaus group will meet after worship, after you go ahead and get some goodies from the uh, fellowship hall. Um, women's Bible study starts this week, and our harvest dinner is a week from this Thursday, and we still have open slots. If you have not signed up to help, I could use you, so please see me. Luann? Um, real quick, um, if you normally get the bulletin through our email and you did not get it this week, please see me and let me know. I lost our address book in the computer this week. So I'm recreating it and I got as many as I could. <laughs> Hopefully I got everybody, but I'm not sure. So I'm just putting it out there. If you normally get it through email or see it through email and you didn't this week, see me so I can add you back in. I want to say something about ushering. Um, Shirley and Luann have been faithfully helping me. Um, I'm going to be off for a whole month about... Um, if, you know, it's not hard. You can make a mistake. It doesn't make any difference. Just, yes, look at Shirley. Look at Phyllis. We do make them. Um, but um, volunteer if you, if you have the time. And you know what? Besides that, it's a wonderful way to meet the whole congregation by being an usher. You can talk to them as much as you like on the way in. So if... Just give it a thought. I will be gone for a whole month, and even after I come back, you can help me out. Please. I would love it. Thank Amen. you all. Thank you. Amen. Amen. And if anyone would like to hear some good gospel music this afternoon at 3 o'clock at St. Paul's, the One Place Gospel Choir will be putting on a concert. So hopefully some of you will come to listen. Amen. Amen. Oh.